Hey guys, we're in Finger, Tennessee at K&M, uh, sitting here with Jake, going to do episode four of VP Precision. Gosh, and it's hot here. <laughs> Jeez. Well, luckily we're, uh, what time did you get to the airport last night? 11.40. In Nashville, so I got there a little before Jake. We sat around uh, Swanee Preston and Swanee's son. Leland. Leland uh, met us with a, in a giant Winnebago in the airport, and then we drove all night, and we mm-hmm. got here at 4, we went to bed at, what, 5, 4.30? Well, let's not say we drove. Actually, I drove. Jay drove. I tried to sleep on this sort of bed until his really <laughs> right stuff tripod slid off the bar and landed on my head while I was asleep. All I heard was, ow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I said. It was, ow, and I curled up in a fetal <laughs> position. So anyway, it's, uh, it's it, we got in last night, Thursday night, super late, or Friday morning. Today's Friday, and um, we're excited for the match. We've got some zeros, and we're sitting, luckily, inside the air conditioning trailer right now. Yeah. And uh, wanted to talk to you guys, kind of go over... Uh, kind of practice routines and some different things like that and mm-hmm. just we're just going to talk and uh and see what comes up i i think before that uh we had somebody ask about traveling um with firearms and guns i feel like there's a lot of people that have reservations about doing that what are your do you have any thoughts they ask us to kind of talk about what uh what we do or or whatever i travel a bunch obviously with with rifles and ammo and so i got a little routine going uh for you know, basically, uh, I fly out, I put my stuff in a hard case, I lock it up. What I do is I have a 50-pound limit. If you're flying, uh, you know, middle class, you've got 50-pound limit on your bags and your, um, you know, rifles. And so it, I have it to about 49 and a half pounds. That's it's really about. close. Really close. So what I do is I have my rifle, my mags, um, my bolt, and I also put uh, right around 120 rounds inside my rifle. Uh, case and yep. so what that'll do is that'll get me to about 49 or 49 and a half pounds um uh, the, the reason i like to do that is it also kind of splits it up a little bit there's a tsa law or a tsa regulation that says that it's uh something along the lines of 11 pounds of ammo mm-hmm. um and i don't know if that's per bag or if that's per shipment i believe it's per bag and, and so and I, go I ahead and don't ask up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't ask. <laughs> I don't ask. And so all it says is you have to have it in the original container. So yep. that's fine. If you load your ammo and you put it into a pouch or something that separates it, that is considered the original con- uh, yep. original uh, ammo container. And so then you're perfect. You're, you're ready to rock and roll. Yep. A lot um, of guys use the MG, the is it the MGM boxes, MTM boxes, and then um, I use ammo binders from Tab in different places and trying a new one out. Uh, today from cross tag gear uh, yeah. this weekend so and there's a bunch of them you just yep. don't you don't want them to be bulked together yep. so they're loose and that's what tsa will look for uh, when they scan it so as long as they're nice and and neat and organized in there and secure you'll you'll i've never had an issue and i've probably been on 40 flights or Tons. so with with yep. rifles so yep. it's it's hard to yep. hard to say yep. um so i i do that for that particular bag my other bag uh it has all my other rifle stuff um all my other gear it has my, you know, my bags and my, um, my, you know, my big backpack. It's got my Kestrel and all my other stuff goes in that other bag. And that I also throw in my, my match stuff, my boots and my pants, yep. um, jerseys, all that kind of stuff. And I just throw that in a suitcase. And so I carry those two particular items. I carry one bag and one rifle case. Yep. Uh, real easy. You want to make sure you have locks on there. Yep. You do not have to have TSA 
open locks on no, your they, rifle case. You're not allowed to have TSA open yep. locks. They want you to have standard. I use master lock combinations, so That's I don't right. lose, lose the key. Yep, exactly. Um, right. I switched from a keyed lock last year because I was always paranoid of of getting somewhere and having the key be lost. So switch those uh, four digit. They're gold master lock four digit uh, super combos. Durable. Super easy. Um, I do the same thing. I fly. I hardly ever don't really fly first class. So fifty pound limit. I go as much as I can put in the case between my gun, whatever ammo I can get up to 49 pounds. In my carry-on, do not take any magazines in your no. carry-on. No ammo, obviously no knives, anything like that, but no magazines at all. I've made that mistake. Um, so generally, I put heavier stuff in my carry-on because I can't, I'm can't. i overweight in my check bag. So I carry a game changer a lot in my carry-on. Um, they will not like that in the the when you go through security the machine doesn't see through it so i pull it out now they appreciate that because it's i they always check it i think i've flown i don't know same thing that's the game changer yeah the game changer or it's like a solo sack will do the same thing that dense material the machine can't see through so i pull that out they always check it um i think i've out of 30 40 flights i haven't been checked maybe once or twice so it's it's 95 percent plus of the time um in my bag, same thing, boots. I throw my mags. I actually put my tripod in my checked bag, um, just all and then everything else. But one good thing, get one of those little handle luggage scales, throw it in your in your bag so you can weigh your stuff to and from. So if, if you were to win a trophy or something, your bag's going to be heavier on the way back, even <laughs> though you shot your bullets. And so I'm always playing the luggage game of what to put where. I have, you know... Jake, you carry your tripod on a lot I to do, save yeah. weight. Just mm-hmm. in the car, you can put the tripod in the overhead compartment. So I just put my tripod in the overhead compartment. Um, I find it's pretty easy, and I do that. I started doing that because I was already at that forty-nine pound yep. mark, and I didn't really want to go up over fifty. Um, now, also, if you guys are flying, uh, check out uh, the first-class seats as well, because sometimes mm-hmm. what happens is you get a middle-class seat um, and. Now you have two bag fees. If those bag fees are 50 bucks a bag, mm-hmm. that's $100, and you have that each way. Mm-hmm. So that's $200. Yep. Um, but one of the good things about first class is you get free bags, and yep. you get up to 70 pounds. And so sometimes, for me, for example, if I ever fly to Denver, I always fly first class because a first class ticket is like $430. And that's a round trip ticket to Denver for me, um, which is a pretty a pretty good deal. Yeah. If I fly regular uh, seats, it's like three hundred and ten dollars. I think you pay baggage. So, but I also have to pay baggage, and a lot of people they don't realize that. Well, I'm yep. not going to spend that extra hundred eighty dollars. Well, they're going to get you on the back yep. end. So, yep. it's if it's a wash, it's the same price. Just just fly the first class. You get the priority bags. Yep. Um, and you get up to seventy pounds, and so yep. then I can throw all my crap in a bag. Get it up to 65 pounds. No one says a word about it. They just put a priority tag on it and a heavy tag on it, yep. and you can rock and roll. So just, you know, for you guys that are checking on that, just do yourself a favor and, you know, give a you know give a first-class check every once in a while and yep. see if it makes sense. I've done it a few times. And then as far as cases, I run, a, I think it's a Pelican 1750. Well, it's a storm yeah. case now, uh, standard long case. They're good. Um, one thing, um, take your bolt out. Don't leave, I, For a while, I flew with a bolt in. Well, it's kind of sticking out. You can actually feel it sometimes when you shut the case on the lid. It kind of bulges the lid. And some airline workers don't like guns, and they throw cases. And there's <laughs> there have been bolt handles that have gotten bent or, or broke yeah, uh, going it. to matches. And so pull your bolt out and cut a piece of cut a chunk out of the foam and throw your bolt in there. Um, yeah. 
Uh, anything else that you're you know in? for uh, for these cases, you can get a number of cases. The yeah. the Storm thirty three hundred, which is mm-hmm. I think what you have. The Pelican seventeen fifty. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the same. I flew this Pelican uh, forever. You know, SKB or whatever has one. Yeah. Patriot cases. They're they're all basically the same. Yeah. And what it'll do is it'll come to you and it'll be a full case. You can pay the extra to get laser etched or engraved. Uh, that's a that's a service that I don't necessarily think is a, a very good value because after you get it, you want to customize it yourself anyway. Yeah. So then what you do is you take your rifle, you take your mags, you take your bolt, you take some ammo holders, and just lay it all down yep. on top of uh, on on top of your case, which is not going to be cut out. Um, yep. What I do is I take a open a, the case, top piece of foam. Yeah. Sorry about cutting the foam. Yep, that's right. And so then you take your case, um, or you take your foam. And you just want to trace with a marker. And what I do is I use an electric fillet knife, yep. and I just poke it through there, and then I just kind of carve out right on that line and, and yep. set my stuff back in there. It's worked really well for me. And yep. then uh, additional pieces of foam are right around 17 or $18 on Amazon. So you can get a three-pack for 45 bucks or something like that. Um, and they'll send you three of the pieces of foam that fit your case. Yep. And then you just, if, if you ever want to do something different, so I have one for my regular rifle stuff yep. with my ammo pouches. I also have one that has a pistol cutout. Yep. So I have my rifle, some mags, my bolt, yep. and then I have some a, a little place for the pistol to go as well. And yep. so I'll just, I'll run those different um, combinations in there, and then I just set one to the side when yep. I'm ready and go from there. Yep. Don't glue your foam in because TSA is pulling foam a lot now. Look yes, underneath it. I do the same thing. A couple cutouts for my hunting gear. So fl- before I did matches, I flew a lot for hunts. And uh, same thing. Just pull that middle piece of foam out and have your hunting gun cut out, your binos, whatever else you want to put in there. But try yep. to get up close to 50 so you get it out of the rest of your bags. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's probably other things, but. I can't think. Just don't have empty casings in your checked bag coming home. Don't have any ever any empties loaded anything in your check or your carry on. I'm sorry, which happens because I use my carry on as my match pack all weekend. So really empty that out before you come home. Uh, no mags. I've done that on accident before. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I did that in New Mexico, and I had a mag in my. It was a little bit of a mix up, and I didn't quite know. And this was years ago. Yeah. I was just overweight on my bag, and so I was like, "Man, what in the world?" I had to take a couple mags out. So I took one mag out, and it it saved my weight. I was in New Mexico after the PRS match there, and uh, and I had a trophy I was trying to sit in there because I ended up doing well at the match, and so on and so forth. So my <laughs> my stuff was a little heavier than normal, so I took that out. Uh, the lady at the counter specifically said, "It's not a, a part of the gun. It can't go bang." It can't shoot. She even called TSA back there, yep. said it was good to go. And I yep. said, okay, well, I'll put it in my bag. Sure enough, they freak out. Yep. I had like 18 agents all yeah. over me thinking I'm a, a you know, <laughs> a, a, a lunatic going to shoot the place up. Okay. Yep. So I get over there. Well, this the police officer from the Albuquerque uh, airport grabs my mag and says, hey, um, I'll just, you know, I can just ship this back to you. Or And I said, man, that would be absolutely right awesome. Yeah. So uh, I didn't know if it was going to happen or not. I kind of counted it as a lost, a yeah. lost mag. And about two weeks later, I got a uh, flat rate a USPS box in the mail. Nice. And I was like, what in the world? You, you know, I, did, I wasn't expecting a shipment, but it said from New Mexico. And so I just said, you know, okay, I'll open it up. 
And there was four Accuracy International mags <laughs> inside this box. You got somebody else's box. So I, I got I got my mag, and he threw in a bunch of other ones that he had confiscated uh, along awesome. the way. And I was like, man, right on. So what's the moral of that story? <clears throat> moral of the story Do you is, take mags in your carry-on? Exactly, yeah. It's, <laughs> okay. a, it's a coin flip. So uh, so that's that was, uh, that was that's pretty funny. funny. I was in Portland. I almost missed my very first finale. Because it was the first match I was going to, and I was told it was fine. Same thing. Pulled out of line. People freaking out. And you're in Portland, so that doesn't help. And uh, anyway. Liberals. Yep. I made it, but barely. <laughs> barely. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Anyway. So there's, I, th- I think there's other stuff. I, but that's a, that's the anything else that sticks out. You no, know, I think that's that's probably pretty good. Uh, a lot of yeah. people are really nervous about it. They but are, you know exactly. what? Don't be nervous about it. Yep. Um, if you have any you know, questions or whatever, you can ask them there. But I find it's best just to do what I'm going to do. You know, you're just, you're literally taking that case, taking your stuff. It goes through the scanner. They throw it on a plane. And so it's not really a huge deal. A lot of people, they think, oh, it's flying with this and that. So it's. Yeah, if you're flying with suppressors, don't say, just have everything cut out in your case. They open it, they look at it, put it down. Don't say, hey, is it okay? Like, just. Bring, take your stuff. Take you your did, stuff. You know it's more. Le- you know the laws better than they do. That's right. And so you're legal when you're doing your thing. Just don't ask a bunch of questions. If they ask about your ammo, say yes, it's under because it is. It, unless you're shooting a 300 normal mag or 338, yeah. normal comp calibers will be under 11 pounds. And um, the typical questions that I get, and I, I probably get it every other time. One is, is the gun unloaded? Yep. Yes, it's unloaded. Two is. Uh, do you have any ammo? Yes, I have ammo. And the next question is, is it in its original packaging? Yep. The answer is yes, yep. and there's no more questions. So as yep. long as you answer those questions, those are those are typically the that's only good. questions that you know yep. you need to kind of wor- worry about. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, if you've got it in a binder, that's, that's the original packaging because you reload your ammo. Yep. So. That's exactly um, right. So that's good enough. If you have some, I'm, there's a lot of things, but that's the gist of it. Don't be afraid. Get there early too. If you're worried about it, get there early so your gun makes sure, plenty of time to get on the plane so you don't get screwed at a match. So don't try to get there last minute and they don't get the gun on the plane. So try <laughs> to get there a little early. Um, you know, I try to still do, even domestic around here, I still try to go hour and a half at least early because I'm, I'm coming out of Portland. Small airports, not as much, but yeah. Anyway, that's, uh, I think we hit the good gist of, of that. I so. think so. Let's talk about, let's talk about, oh, people ask a lot about practice yep. from a million things and we'll have to go more to that. But, um, you, the, the mental side, the, the, the logistic side, what were, you know, what targets, what ranges, what positions, like what, what's your, what's your go So what's your go-to say you, you go out to, you practice a lot at Rock Lake. Uh, you're all out there. You got 50 rounds. Uh, you're going to practice with what's your, yep. what's the first thing you do? So I practice a lot at Rock Lake Rifle Range, which is about 20 miles from my house. Um, pretty cool facility where they have a little bit of everything. They got some long range, they got mm-hmm. some pistol bays, they got some, um, you know, some benches and some barricades, rocks, tank traps. So I'm pretty fortunate to have that facility uh, pretty close to my house, which is right in Cheney, Washington. Yep. And so what we do is we go out there. Um, I I treat my practices a lot different than than some other people. And there's a couple of schools of thought on it, in my opinion. Um, one, if you're really trying to get good at something, uh, you'll notice that in every single sport, they do one thing. And and they're going to practice one thing at a time. So, for example, a basketball player, if he wants to practice his free throw shooting, he's not going to shoot from everywhere else in the court 
and maybe the free throw is part of that. Nope, he's going to be at the, the free throw line, and he's going to be hounding that and mm-hmm. getting that muscle memory over and over and yep. over and over again. That's good. And, for example, if you're a, a pitcher, um, you know, a, a baseball pitcher, and you want to work on your cutter, that doesn't mean that you're going to now go throw a bunch of curveballs or fastballs or whatever. No, you're going to throw your cutter all the time. Yep. Um, or curveball or, yep. you know, whatever. And so I've kind of taken that. Um, I, I grew up playing sports, and so I've taken that philosophy into my shooting. And so I'll go to the range. I'll have a little bit of a, a game plan of what I want to work on. And uh, most of my day will be on one thing if that's what I want to work on. Uh, I want to make sure that that one thing I've perfected. So say I went to a match. Uh, I just did really poorly on the rooftop. I could not get comfortable for whatever reason. And I wrote that down in my notes in my matchbook. <clears throat> What I do is I actually take that uh, matchbook there and I'll work on that uh, particular stage and all day long I'll shoot off that rooftop. Every single shot will be off that rooftop. I'll dial my dope for different targets. I'll shoot different targets. I'll do different uh, sequences from the rooftop, but everything will be from the rooftop. Are you using the same same bag, or are you trying different positions on the roof, or do I'll, you have one do, go-to? You know, I have a couple go-tos, but, I, but I'll try a bunch. Okay. And I'll get in different positions. Uh, you know, maybe even turn the rooftop sideways because that yep. might be a position. Yep. You want to you work on that. Um, what I find is that, say you're a – uh, you know, a, a mid-pack or mid-level shooter, and you're, you know, you're really, let's call it mediocre at at everything. You're not really good at one thing yet. Mm-hmm. What I find is that what happens, you take that, uh, you know, kind of a, a mediocrity, and now you go to the range and you shoot three shots or five yeah. shots from 16 or 17 different positions. Yep. And now you've shot your hundred rounds for the day and so now you're done uh but what have you really accomplished all you've done is you've shot three rounds and you haven't been able to get in a groove and learn anything exactly instead you're just going through the motions of hey i want to practice now uh, i say that and then the opposite uh spectrum of that is a guy that maybe is in a tune-up mode maybe Mm -hmm. he's he's very comfortable with the way he's shooting the barricades Mm -hmm. and the rooftops and so now what he wants to do is he just wants to kind of refresh his mind on those positions. Mm-hmm. He might not be digging in. He doesn't really need mm-hmm. to, to pound that rooftop 100 times in a day. Yep. But, man, if you, if you guys are, are out there and you really want to get good at something, go to the range of the game plan. Make sure you know what you're going to do before you get there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, be very uh, strict on yourself and make sure you can accomplish those goals for that day. And I think you guys will see fruits of that uh, yep. for sure. Yeah. 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 I find myself, I was just talking to Jake about this, kind of getting in a rut. I, luckily, um, I'm able to shoot at my house. I can take a four-wheeler up the hill. And, Lucky. And yeah. It's, it is, uh, it, it's been nice. It hasn't always been that way, but we've got a, got a place that can do that now. And um, I, and I have there's kind of have one go to target ends up being this little four inch what is that that square on your it's just a little guy AR five hundred T post hanger and yep. you can just pound it and pound it and pound it and I shoot that at it's three hundred and sixty yards and um, just over one one MOA target just then. over one MOA then yeah and um, I shoot that a lot I got targets at six hundred I got targets closer spinner at you know two fifty ish. 
I just end up going to that same target, whether it's a rut or not. But it's you can do a lot on one target. So don't like people talk about. Well, you're lucky to shoot in the wind. I was like, well, for one, where I shoot is not a lot of wind. And as soon as you get your wind call at 600 yards, you're kind of done. You yeah. learned what you learned. Like if it's a half mil, if it's a mil, if it's two tenths, like well now it's two tenths. So what are you going to learn? And you keep shooting. So. Yeah. I don't just shooting a lot of matches and that you learn a lot of wind and just being really aware when you go different places and doing that, but you can do a lot of work at that 200. I mean, even a hundred yard dot drills on paper, you can learn a lot. So don't worry about not being able to shoot long range. You can do a lot of positional practice, even at a hundred yards. I happen to shoot a lot like 360, like I said, but, um, I'll kind of by default, not as purposeful as you were about picking one thing and grinding through it. I just do, I've got a PRS barricade, which is kind of a two kneeling positions and two standing positions. And I shoot on that a lot. I shoot that weak side. I shoot it strong side. I practice a little bit with tripod rear, even though I hate it. <laughs> and yeah. um, A lot of just one <laughs> bag shooting. And then I've got a, like a metal gate, like a cattle, like a, tubular gate he's got five positions i shoot off of that just try to get different positions um i rarely shoot prone and that's where i see a lot of guys go out to the range and they'll they'll get prone they want to check their zero again and they'll want to shoot at a thousand yards and they'll want to just keep shooting prone and and maybe do that a few times to check wind and your dope but don't shoot prone i mean mm-hmm. get off your belly shoot a rooftop shoot a barricade shoot a tank trap shoot off of a rock shoot practice freehand with a sling mm-hmm. Like guys panic when they see that at a match, and and you can get better than you think you can get even with these heavy comp guns just by getting out there do a little practice and uh, just pick something and grind it in. I agree, just grooving it like any sport, baseball, darts, whatever you do. The more you do it, you yeah, you just build that muscle memory. And uh, I couldn't agree more with uh, just yeah, just grinding it in. Yeah. So um, you know one of the one of the things that I you know, focus, uh, focus on a little bit as well is if you can mentally, uh, it's a challenge to, to go practice. And so I'll maybe in here in a minute, I'll explain some of the drills that I like to do, um, or that, you know, we've done, but if you're shooting this stuff and you're strong mentally, then I would challenge you to shoot some smaller targets. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a difference between, you know, getting these feel-good targets and, you know, shooting it. And if that's what you need to feel good about yourself, by all means, I want your confidence to be up. I want you to shoot those bigger targets. Yep. But if you can handle it mentally, it really takes a lot of focus to shoot a it target does. half the size. It um, does. And a lot of people don't know it, but, you know, you think about it and they say, well, a 5-inch target and a 10-inch target. Well, it's not just twice as big. A 10-inch target isn't twice as big. Yeah. It's actually four times as big. Yep. And so as far as surface area. Now, if you can shoot that smaller target and really hone in on uh, being steady and, and, and working on that, then you're going to be way ahead of the game. Yep. And you have to be able to work with yourself mentally as well to be mentally tough. If you miss a target, that's okay. Um, you know, get the next one. Try not to miss two in a row yeah, and focus on what happened with that particular target, with that particular shot, and fix it and go from there. Yep. But that's one of the things that I have kind of focused on over the last couple of years is I really want to shoot those little targets yep. from tough positions. And I do that because I think I'm at a level that now where I go to a match, 
um, maybe those positions might seem they might still be tough, but they might seem yeah. slightly easier than I've been practicing. It's just the yeah. It's the it's, weight room idea. It's mentally easier. Like if you you're used to sh- say you're used to shooting an eight inch an eight inch at, at three four hundred yards, so two MOA, um, and you go to a match and there's a one and a half MOA target. Maybe there's no wind and your gun's completely capable of hitting it and you're solid, but you get on that position and you let it get in your head because it looks intimidating. It looks small. So even just the mental aspects of that of disciplining yourself to just be confident with those smaller targets make a makes a makes a huge difference. But mm-hmm. yeah, shoot smaller makes it easier. So a couple of the drills that I do that I really like is I do one called the 10 or 12 second drill yep. and I'll put myself on a clock and I have the, I believe it's the CED Pocket Pro 2 7000 or something like that. It's a shot kind of timer. a bigger shot timer. It's got the, the button on the side. You press the button once and it does a random uh, beep for you. So what I do is I actually just put that right on my belt. And I'll do the 10 or uh, 10 or 12 second drill. And yep. for me, I like to make it 10 seconds. Yep. I stand up behind the barricade, behind the prop, and I want to get two uh, shots on one target in 10 seconds or under. And what I'll do is I'll press the button. It's within four seconds. It's random. And as soon as it goes off, I'll get down. I'll acquire my target, get on target, and go from there. And yep. it has to be two good shots now this is where the big and small target can yep. can make a giant difference huge if you're shooting let's just call it a 20 inch round at at 500 yards that's a four moa target and you can get on target and you can be pretty sloppy with those two shots and almost always get them in that nine to ten second range yep it takes a lot of focus when you start shooting a 10-inch round at 500 yards or an 8-inch round at 500 yep. yards or yep. whatever you're going to shoot that's substantially smaller because you actually have to focus, you have to get settled, you have to breathe, yep. you have to focus on everything. And I never want to lose sight of, my, uh, of, of what I'm doing in the big picture of things. I want to make sure my BTF, my breathing trigger control follow-through is perfect every time. Yep. And my recoil management ability, I'm always wanna, I always want to watch that bullet fly down range. And that might take a half second, three quarters of a second longer to watch the bullet and uh, recognize kind of what's going on. But I think it's super important in the learning process for any sort of practice. So yeah. that's yeah. one of my practice drills. What kind of no, practice drills same, do you do? Same for me. I was going to say that was a big <laughs> thing for me is I just we randomly started time in stages. And then so we actually did a lot of breaking down where say you – we would time same thing you did start to first position i just to um from start signal to breaking my first shot however awkward the position i wanted it to be 10 seconds yeah it didn't have to be two shots it was just get to that one i was like okay so if i look at a stage at a match and i go there and i've got i've got six positions i've got you know a prone position then you get it kneeling and standing and prone and back you know kneeling whatever you i just figure 10 seconds for each position so there's 60 so now it's a 90-second stage. i got 30 seconds in between there and six positions. So I've got that many seconds. You know, you kind of can break down a stage visually when you look at that, when you That's know good. your pace. So, That's real good. So time yourself. You don't have to get 10 – is, 10 is good, especially for two shots. That's but, really good. But um, time yourself and get a ballpark. We'll say, hey, I'm 14, but I need 14 to make a, a good shot. Don't break at 10 if you're not solid. Break where you need to break. Exactly. So if you're at 14, just know that. Go to a match. Okay, I'm 14 to this position. I'm 14 to that. So now you got six times 14. Do the math. You're you're burning into that 90 seconds pretty good. So you need to hustle between your follow up shots. But just kind of break stages down 
mentally or and you can also know i'm just not going to get to that position so i need to break eight really good shots because mm-hmm. i'm just not the spot where i can get those last two and break quality shots before then mm-hmm. so we spend a lot of time just timing um you know timing each other just practicing of what our splits were for for different positions and obviously the wobbly or the targets the standing and the smaller the targets, the longer it takes. If you got a kneeling shot or a prone shot on a decent sized target, you can do that really fast. But when you're up there and you really got to get your, it's, we got a real wobbly target, it's going to take a little longer. So just get to know yourself. Um, I think that 10 to 12 second is a good goal. Um, a lot of guys are faster. We, we just had a guy message us the other day. What did he say? He was 24 or 34 to first shot seconds yeah. remember? I can't remember what it was, but yeah. he's like, because we said, man, you need to just work on that first thing. So he timed himself. And he didn't even know, and he was kind of timing out, and he's like, well, there's something to work on. It's a real tangible, easy thing to work on being efficient where you place your bag, where you place your gun, and target acquisition. And if you need to turn your scope down, do that. Um, whatever you need to do to you know, shave those seconds, is, I think, mm-hmm. helps a lot in this game. And so I did, we did that a lot. I kind of know where I'm at um, now pretty good. Um, I do a lot of uh, – I do a lot of gear comparisons. So – don't I try not to test gear to match. This is a solid a solid thing to do. So what I'll do is I'll I'll put uh, one bag next to another bag and I'll shoot a couple shots on that and go back and forth and get ex- and, and that's about getting your your gear dialed and really um, you can tell you're in a kneeling position and say you're on a sandbag or a solo sack and you have a tenth of wobble you know on the target and you move to another bag with you know a different fill maybe you've got two tenths of wobble and you start to narrow down your gear and you can do the same thing with position now put your knee on an elbow uh different bracing different positions and you don't have to even shoot but just dry fire um and really pay attention to that wobble of where you're wobbling on the target and and you can do a lot of practice by just getting in Mm -hmm. the right position figuring out well i'm gonna move my knee here i'm gonna move my foot here i'm gonna move my elbow here okay now i'm gonna move here now i'm gonna move here and do those side-by-side comparisons over and over and and get to know yourself and the exact position you drop into so you'll see some guys say your average guy and he'll he won't He'll, the clock will go, the timer will go beep. He'll, he'll set his bag down, but he won't put it the right way. It'll be sideways. Well, then he's got to move it. And then he puts his gun down, and it's and he's not quite right, so he sets it again, wiggles it again. Then he puts the wrong knee up, and he's getting, oh, no, wrong knee up. So he switches knees. Well, you're just burning time. So get to where you you drop in. I'm right-handed, so when I'm in a kneeling position, I'm right knee up, elbow right knee, my game changer sideways, gun on there. I just know exactly where to put my gear, so I'm spending zero time reorganizing so in practice sessions that's a great time to go through your gear mm-hmm. fine-tune your positions um yeah you know that's i do a lot of that kind of stuff and and then once i get that stuff dialed it's just reps and it kind of yeah. gets boring i'm not gonna lie practice is uh not always that fun practice that's like <laughs> practice Alan, is practice the Alan iverson video practice we're talking about practice <laughs> yeah i love it yeah. <laughs> so, practice. so one thing too about uh you know that that gear that John was just talking about, when you go and you test multiple different bags, it's going to be different for everyone. Yep. Everyone's body type's a little bit different. Their gear setup's a little bit different. Yep. How they engage the rifle's a little bit different, and that's okay. But find out what works for you. Exactly. And then um, John had mentioned something that he doesn't, you don't have to necessarily shoot. But when you do start shooting, check out how your recoil management on exactly. that bag is too. That's so good. say, for example... I shoot off of a sandbag and my, you know, my, my reticle on a, 
on a target, it's jumping, let's just call it one mil. Uh, one mil up, and, and I can consistently count on that one mil. I move to another bag, and it's 1.5. Okay, now we know that with this particular yeah. bag, I have a little more uh, muzzle jump. Yep. Now you just start to figure out exactly what is the most efficient and best for you as a shooter yep. um, to make you the best possible, uh, you know, most consistent shooter yeah. um, that you can be. And it's going to be a little bit different for everyone, like I said, so... Go out, test it, make sure that um, it works for you. Yep. And I think that's that's some really solid advice from you, John, just to, to go out and do that. Yeah. Yeah, you see guys come to matches, and they're like, oh, that looks like it worked good for you. Can I borrow that? You're like, you can, but maybe you want to use what you're used to, you know. Exactly. And, and that's what practice is for is, is getting that and, and grinding. How many – do you have a, a rough – do you generally shoot 50 rounds, 100 rounds? Do you have just kind of whatever you got? I, I generally um, – you know, I'll shoot a lot of leftover ammo. Yep. So sometimes you'll get two or three matches worth of leftover ammo, which might be 100 or 120 rounds. Yep. That could be a really solid, good practice day of shooting Cut. about 100 rounds. Cut. And what that'll do is that'll put me – I like to practice. I don't really practice full uh, uh, 10-shot yep. stages. Yep. Uh, I typically like to keep that to about five or six. And so instead of maybe shooting two shots at a, at a particular position – before moving, I just cut that down to one shot. I yeah. know that that's my one shot. I should be able to hit that. Yep. I'll shoot the one, then I'll move to the next position. I'll shoot the one. And so that'll actually cut my practice to about five rounds instead of ten rounds at that particular yep. stage, which really doubles my practice session yep. uh, if I'm, you know, working on, say, the rocks, for example, yep. because maybe they gave me a problem. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do the rocks five or six or Maybe even ten times I'll yeah. run through that particular stage or different uh, positions, yep. but maybe I'm only shooting four four rounds yeah. per time. So really, I've only shot thirty rounds, even yep. though I've you know technically shot ten stages worth of rocks. Yep. I'm only thirty or forty rounds deep exactly. on that particular position. So yeah. that, less wear and tear on the barrels. Yeah, and it's, else. it's less on the barrel. Um, I also take. Uh, I really like to have my barrel a little bit cool. So I might have a, a 308 trainer gun out there. Yep. I might have a 223 out there, maybe my daughter's, and I want to get it sighted in. Or maybe I'm going to have a, a 22 long rifle I can plink away yep. after that. Or I'll bring a, a pistol and I'll just blow yep. some rounds off. I'm a horrible pistol shooter, <laughs> but we all like yanking That's the trigger. Yeah. So I just, yeah. I just yank it and soon. go. Yeah, I, I, I mainly shoot. I didn't say I don't think I said this earlier, but uh, 90 plus percent of my practice with the 223 Ackley just it's cheap to reload it's not as much recoil as your match gun generally but um that's what I do a lot of shooting with and I'd say but, 90% of mine is a 308 you shoot a lot of 308 yeah I shoot a lot I need of 308 to get one. I want to do that I just I haven't that's a good idea because you get more recoil it helps you with recoil management which is huge mm -hmm. in this game yeah it's it's giant I'd say I'd say I shoot mostly with 308 uh lately I've I've been kind of running through all my old ammo and maybe some different bullets and i've been prototyping some bullets yep. uh with the the new hornady 110 a tips and so i've had some old extra stuff that i've Sparky. shot which is the 108 yep. um and i still shoot the 108 uh quite a bit as well so i'll cool. kind of run through those and and it seems like when i go out and practice i I just want to just heat that thing up. So that's why I like it's to shoot hard to slow away. down. I know. I just I stuff ten in there, and I want to shoot another ten as soon as I get done. Yep. I want to shoot another ten as soon as I get done. I know because you're you're starting to work on something, and you're getting it, and you're focusing on, you know, being steady. And then so that's that's kind of my deal. I really yeah. like to shoot three hundred eight just because I, 
I just want to just burn it down. So I find myself, I don't shoot a lot um, of stages like at the house. I don't set the timer and run through stages like I used to. I don't think I, I, I get on a position, take a shot, kind of wiggle the bag, work on my grip, take another shot. And I end up spending a fair amount of time on positions. Do you, um, are, when you go out, are you running stages every time? Are you on the clock every time you run the rocks? Or are you just getting your bag on your rock and trying different things and moving around? Or do you always run stages? Uh, so I, I don't run a ton of stages. Um, and the reason I don't is because I still am a fan of treating uh, my practice like a like an actual practice. And yeah. so... Uh, I remember when we, you know, we had football practice and we would work on something. Um, I was a wide receiver, so we would work on, you know, one thing at a time. Uh, that's not the jamboree, you know, yeah. which is a, which is a practice game. Yeah. Every once in a while, you do want to go to the range and you want to have what's called a kind of a jamboree. But those very well could be maybe a local one day match. Those, you know, those jamborees could be a lot of different things. A jamboree. I thought that was called a scrimmage. A scrimmage. Same thing. <laughs> I haven't heard the jamboree term. S- scrimmage, jamboree. Uh, uh, that's, jamboree. A, that's what we call it. it was a, I Perfect. guess jamboree was multiple teams. So yeah, we have a bunch of teams. Of okay. So I, I'm still a fan of practicing one thing. So when I want to work on the rocks, um, I'll go and I might shoot, you know, 50 rounds from the rocks. And then I might shoot 50 rounds from, uh, the tank trap. And then that's actually my entire day. Yep. And so I've okay. only really worked on two things, yep. but I think I've actually gained some knowledge yep. and I've uh, purposely uh, done that so that I can, I can uh, specifically work on one thing, maybe from the tank trap, I'll work from the three corner or the three tops and the middle. Um, yep. Maybe I'll go prone off of a leg, yep. off all three legs. I'll kind of work on some different things within that particular okay. Uh, barricade, but I, I, I really want to make sure that I'm doing that. And that doesn't really allow me to put myself on the clock a lot unless yep. I'm doing the 10 or 12 okay. second drill. Yep. Um, Makes sense. And as long as I, as long as that 10 or 12 second drill, I know that that's uh, up to par. If you're able to pull your first two shots in 12 or 14 seconds, you're off to a really good start in that yeah. stage. Yeah, and absolutely. you should be able to make it through about all of those. And one of those, you know, one of the things is if you can get to that mark, maybe like John said earlier, start at 25 or 30, that's okay. Yeah. Pull those good shots uh, every single time. And then slowly that 25 is going to turn into a 23. Yep. And that 23 is going to turn into a 20. And that yep. 20 is going to turn into a teens. Exactly. And then you're going to start saying, hey, I got this, right? It's just about exactly. getting on target. Yep. One thing that, that John is super good at, and I watch it over and over and over again, I'm a little jealous, is that he's super good at acquiring the target. Um, we could be in a field match. We can be on a range, whatever. Uh, it seems like as soon as he looks through his scope, he doesn't spend more than just a couple seconds uh, looking for that target, where maybe I'm double that. Uh, he, he's very good at acquiring target, and that saves him a lot of time. It does. Um, to be able to do that now on square ranges, if you're on a on a a county range or a you know a, a golf course range, a square range of some sort, you got giant berms of big numbers. Yep. It's really it's really easy to find targets. Yep, exactly. uh, you go out west or you go to a field match somewhere. I love it. Um, which which I really like too. Yep. It's just completely different because now you got a target behind a sagebrush yep. bush and you got 
you know, another target over in this little sand yeah. uh, dune. And all of a sudden, you're like, man, I need to get better at finding my targets. Yeah, so memorizing the, land, you know, landscape yep, markers huge. and stuff, trees and bushes. There are targets left of that, and you memorize all that. Um, yeah, I think that, come, for me personally, it came from a lot of duck hunting, just pointing a gun right where it needed to be and shooting and just growing up hunting a lot. Yep. I think that was – you see a lot of rednecks that are just – they're like, well, target acquisition, this is what you do. You point the gun at what you're going to shoot because yep. they just ran around so much. Yeah. And you did the same. You're really good at it. But yeah. there, you definitely see people that struggle, yep. crank the power down. I know guys, good shooters, that crank the power down every time. Down to 15, up to 25 or whatever. Just up, they find the target, zoom in. And they that's just part of their routine. They do it well, but it burns a few seconds. Sure does. Um, thing, so to simulate um, heart rate and stress mm-hmm. of a match, have you found – an effective way maybe you're just cool as a cucumber to match i get pretty fired up still jake's 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 pretty pretty cold-blooded out there and i don't know if this might be not a good question for you because you pretty stay pretty <laughs> you stay pretty cold out there pretty chill pretty relaxed i get pretty fired up the first few stages of a match still pretty i'll get the nerves going have you found a way to simulate nerves heart rate in practice you know, not the nerves and, and heart rate deal. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of heart rate. So you came over. We practiced a yep. um, little while ago. We were running around the range, yep. shooting off of blocks and, and rocks and all sorts of different things. Uh, and what we were doing is we had a course, and I think it probably went 30 or, or 40 yards yeah. in a big circle. Yep. And we were shooting the target down range from different positions. We'd follow each other, run along there. Yep. That helps kind of get the, that competitive spirit up. It helps compete. Yep. It gets those, um, you know, the, the heart rate up just a little bit and allows you to focus on that. Um, I, I don't know. I've been in a lot of situations uh, athletically with yep. uh, baseball. If it's bottom of the ninth, three, two count, two outs, I want to be exactly. up the plate hitting. And so I think that's just. I've done it so much. Yeah, I yeah. really like the, I like that. I don't know if we can call it pressure or whatever, but I like the, um, you know, the the opportunity is probably a good way to put exactly. it. I, I really like the opportunity to be able to do that. And so when we're yep. just taking one more shot, it's it's, uh, you know, I rarely I rarely get nervous. I remember. You know, a few years back, I was in a big match, and I was contending for the lead, and I, and I can't remember who I was shooting against that was up there, but I remember the very last stage, um, I had a little bit of jitters on on that because I knew that I needed to get like a 7 out of 10 yeah. uh, to win. Yeah. Because oh, I love it. I was <laughs> that six was an finale for me this yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> I was six points Six yeah. points down, and my competitor had already shot. Yeah. So guess what? You need to get a seven. Yep. Let's go rock and roll and do it. And awesome. so I specifically remember that time. Uh, that was uh, that was a fun, you know, fun stage. I ended up cleaning it or something anyway. So awesome. it wasn't a, you know, it was a fairly easy stage. But you start to yeah. think about it. Um, yeah, yeah. And but for the most part, I, I love the pressure. I like uh, going out there and. And it's funny because you can actually, you can look at people and you can see that pressure is affecting them yeah. because they haven't been put in that situation. Yep. A, a good buddy of ours was in a, a match uh, in April. He was in first place after day one in Utah. And he shot really, really good. Um, that was his best day, first day placement yeah. uh, of, of any match. And he ended up falling to fifth place uh, or I guess tied for fourth. 
after day two. And so I talked to him and he says, you know what? I just have not been in that position. Uh, the nerves got to me. I was starting, instead of just going out and shooting and hitting yeah. targets, he was thinking about, oh, I better not drop any of these yep. points. Someone's going to pass me. Or, oh, I have to yep. do this. No, no. Yep. Relax, you guys. Shoot Relax. Loose. Just shoot. Yep. Hit all the steel thingies yeah. and let's just see what happens. Hit the metal things and see what happens. Yeah, hit the metal yeah. things and go from there. So pressure yeah. is pressure is funny what it does to people and everyone handles pressure a little bit differently. Yeah, I mean that's just like a personality gift for you too. I mean it's just you love it. You're competitive. I'm the same way. I I, I love. It's fun to get those positions. You feel alive. Yep. <laughs> it's it's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's great. It's a, yeah, same thing as the <laughs> that was the end of the f- NRL finale for me this year. We added up our scores before I shot the last stage, and I don't know yeah, why. We I just, think you need I never a, do that. You needed a, an eight. I needed an eight out of ten on a, a legit eight. stage. Yeah, like that it was r- a tough stage. Run the rocks at eight hundred and some yards, yeah. and and uh, God, so it was I fun. knew that I wasn't in that. So this is a stage at the Idaho National Rifle League Championship, and it came down to John, myself, and Austin. Yep. And so Austin had a one point lead over me, yep. and John had a one point lead over Austin. Yep. So I think. No, I, I think I was last yeah. on that stage. You were last, yeah. Um, or excuse me, I was down by a couple two, points. Two or three, I, I was think. down by two or three points. Yep. And so what happened is John goes first, and he knows if he gets uh, an eight, he's going to win the match. Or, yeah, yeah, whatever it was. It was something like that. And then so yeah. Austin had to get... Uh, had to get an eight. Austin shot first. So he got, he got an eight, and he was one point behind. If I got an eight... I stayed one a one-point lead. That's right. That's exactly or right. Or a nine. Like, it was really close. Yeah. So he had shot first. And so I ha- if I had got a seven, matches, championship matches over <laughs> for <Yeah>. me. <laughs> or it, it would have been a tie. And you ended up getting an eight, and you won uh, yeah, by, one one point. by one point. And then uh, you shot the very last in our squad, last stage of the whole match. Yeah, I was, that was last uh, stage of the whole match. I ended up cleaning it, which mm-hmm. was a really good clean for me, which really brought good. me up to – to losing by one point, which I hate losing by one point. Um, but <laughs> that was a close match. Man, that was fun. That was fun. So the pressure of that, just getting all Oh, all you get your grin on your face. You're just like, here we go. Oh, man, just I shake, love You're it. doing it right now. Just shaking your head. Here I we go, it. boys. <laughs> Uh, he so thrives that, that, under that it. was fun. Um, yeah. Man, yeah, you guys, you uh, guys shot really, really good there. So props to you match. guys. But, yeah, just the pressure. Some of that stuff with the heart rate, I, I – it's hard to simulate. Do you that. run around at all? I or try. What do you do? It's like you said. I think. I think getting together and shooting with guys. Like I. I had some guys come over. Sheldon. Sheldon and Ethan came over a month or two ago to check something. I can't remember. And Sheldon wanted to run a few stages. I got back from work late and I ran up there and I had some two twenty three rounds and he's like, "Let's run a few." I was like, well, "Make something up." And he made some stages up and um, we started running. Them. I was like, "Man, my my heart rates like." I can feel it. Like I want to go fast. He Sheldon made out some tight times and some good movement and some weak side. And, and I was like, Hey, I felt that. And I hadn't for a long time. So I was like, I think getting together with guys and a little pressure, maybe bet five bucks, maybe bet a buck a stage, like get some pressure going, which we yeah. used to do a lot and I haven't done it forever. And I missed it. Yeah. And so, um, but when I'm solo, I was practicing like I'd run and try to get my heart rate up, but it's not the same. It's, it's something else and for in your you head. guys that don't know, John, uh, is like a mountain goat. 
<laughs> so when he talks about getting his heart rate, it goes from like 54 to 57. That's not true. And that's it. For me, I'm like a darn bowling ball and a, a cow out here. So I walk across the room, my heart rate goes from 70 to 90. It's just like, okay, big difference. So, yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> I, I've, I worked physically too much. But, no, it's uh, – it definitely is something to, to that I'm trying to figure out too. But um, so a couple more drills that I, yeah. um, you know, really would you know would love you guys to to practice. Uh, so I, I told you about the 10, 12 second drill. Mm-hmm. Uh, get yourself a timer. Um, that's a good shot timer, and practice those drills. See where you're at, and then you can even write those down in your yep. notebook with a little date next to them. Yep. And then every time you go out, you can write those down. With the date next to it. And I think you'll start to see a little bit of progression on that, on, on doing that. Two other drills that I really like. Uh, one is I take my turrets. And so sometimes if I'm out at the range by myself, uh, I'll just have, I'll, I'll tape them with blue painter's tape. And I'll put them on the, uh, you know, so say it's 2.5 mils at 500 yards. I'll put it on 2.5 and I'll put my windage on zero. I'll just ask someone at the range, hey, they're already taped up. Can you just go spin my turrets up to 10 clicks in either direction, up and down both turrets? So what they'll do is they'll go, they'll spin one. Maybe it's left a little bit. They'll spin another one up, Mm -hmm. and then I'll go shoot one shot. Yep. I really want to make sure to follow my bullet on that one shot. And what that's allowing me to do is, is work on my recoil management and I want to make sure that second shot is absolutely perfect because sometimes you'll get in a match. Maybe you made a mistake and you wrote down your wrong yardage. Maybe uh, the range on the target's wrong. Yep. Um, maybe the wind is substantially harder than you actually thought it was and you shoot first and you didn't have anyone behind you to, to tell you. All those things are okay. It's okay to miss once. I absolutely hate missing twice in a, a particular stage yep. because now you've learned that information. Yep. And so with this particular tape on the turrets drill, what you can do is you can practice your recoil management, spotting your shots, and then making that correction and believing the bullet. The bullet's not going to lie to you. If you pull a good shot, it's going to go where it, 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 it intends to go yep. um, based off of what the wind's doing, based off what the yardage is. So it's okay if you're a half mil left or a half mil right or yep. way over the target, way yep. under the target. Excuse me. It's not okay that that happens. But if it does, make the correction and make a really good follow-up shot. And so that's what that particular drill's for yep. is the second shot. Yep. I want to make sure to get my second shot on that particular piece of steel. Yep. And uh, that's that's another really good drill. So yeah. go ahead and try that. And then the third one that I really like is just a chaos drill. Just to clarify, oh. just if it's not clear, make sure you have a burn behind the target so you can see where your bullet lands. That's right. So he's going to be dialed a 600-yard target. There's a big dirt, dirt berm or something where you can see your bullet. Someone spun it, say he hits high a half mil and right a half mil. So you're not going to dial your scope down and try to get it. You're just going to instantly hold low a half and left a half and make that follow-up shot. So exactly. just see where the bullet lands and make a correction and do it quickly. And here's what's cool, too, is when you – so what I want you guys to do is write down what you think that is as well. So, man, I think i got to come down seven-tenths and write seven-tenths. That's good. Yep. So write that down. And then when you take your, your tape off your turrets, yep. you can say, okay, how exact was I on that? Okay, it looks like he only really dialed five, uh, five clicks up. Yep. So now in your mind you can start to figure out, okay, where am I spotting that? And you can, you can gather all this information in your data book 
so that your so that now your spots are correct every single time. Yeah, that's really good. Um, you know, to the tenth. That's good. That's really good. All so, right, what was the other drill? Uh, last one that I do quite a bit is the chaos drill, and so this goes back to finding targets. I'll just I'll literally pick like five or six or eight or yeah. ten yep. random targets uh, out in this big field at Rock Lake Rifle Range. Yep. And what I'll do is I'll just go down the list on he has a a, a sheet on this particular. Um, you know, metal building, and it has all the targets listed. I'll just go and I'll pick a random number. I'll write all those down, and then the the chaos of it is is that they're all going to be different distances. You got to dial your scope quite a bit. You got to find your target quite a bit, and that's why it's called chaos because there's so much going on yeah. um, with that. So you want to just start with your scope on a medium magnification, so you don't have to to fiddle fart around with it, and then run it and practice that. And what you'll notice is that the more you practice that, the quicker you're getting on target, mm-hmm. uh, the faster you're able to get on target, maybe while you're dialing your dope. Yep. Um, and you'll, you'll start to figure out that uh, maybe you need to work on something like backing your power down from 27 power to, yep. to 18 power to find all the targets yep. and you won't waste time. Yep. And then do that a few times. Maybe yeah. do it all on 25 power or 27 yep. power, 30 power, whatever yep. you're running, yep. and see how you do and time yourself. Yep. And then back that thing down to 17 power. Now yep. how am I doing? Yep. Well, geez, I just I just saved 30 seconds by backing it down on power. Okay, now yeah. you know that's an advantage. Exactly. So let's do that from now on to save yourself some time. Yeah. And then you can go there. Just you know, find out what works for, for you as a shooter. Yep. Some people love running on full max power yep. all the time everything they have a little harder time finding targets but once they get on targets they might be a little more accurate so it is definitely a trade-off yep so are you doing that just prone barricade wherever it doesn't matter it yeah it it really doesn't matter i typically don't shoot a lot of prone at the range so i might do that over the top of a rooftop because that's kind of like a prone stage stable um and i think a good thing for that drill is also target memorizing like if you all right now i'm going to i8 or B2 or whatever and you just okay that's over here that's over here and you memorize that because that's a big thing in a match it's like huge order of targets where they're at and some of the stages get pretty I kind of want to talk about we're kind of running long almost an hour but the you had an awesome stage at your JC Steel match a few weeks ago Um, it was it was the uh, block stage what was the name of that Uh, colorblind super cool stage so he had uh, box on the ground six different was it six or eight? Six? Uh, I think one. it was six because it was 12, 12 shots total. Yep. Yeah, so. so it was 90 seconds, unlimited rounds, two shots per target, um, and you reached out and picked a block. And so you get a red or a pink or a yellow. Well, there's targets spread out in a giant span across this hill where there's red and pink and yellow. So you need to memorize where those are at. You pick the block up. You look at the color. So maybe you're shooting hard right or hard left or close or far. And you can't sit there and get on glass. I'm like, okay, which one was pink? Which one was yellow? And so that was really good. Uh, the chaos drill of, of finding those targets, kind of knowing where they're at and pointing mm-hmm. to them quick was a re- would roll over really well that block game where you pull yep. the block yellow. Okay, I remember where yellow is. And you go straight to yellow. And so you have to jump up on the top of this kind of elevated thing, kind of awkward, take two shots, and then jump back down, walk back to the box, flip another block, jump back up, two shots, and it was six targets. So it was 12, two per, 12 rounds, 90 seconds. It was such a fun stage. And yeah. it was, there were so many aspects of that. We could talk about that stage for yeah, that a long time. But um, that would, the chaos drill would really help 
uh, really apply to stages like that. Yep, and absolutely. that you gain a lot of points. A lot of guys were getting, you know, sixes, sevens, eights on that stage. Well, it's a 12-point stage. I mean, getting four on there, like getting a 12 on there is, is gets you some, makes yeah. up some ground. Yeah, it's a, so, it's a gamer for sure. But anyway, um, gosh, you could talk about practice forever. Uh, again, if you guys have questions, please uh, hit us up, VP Precision. Uh, on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, uh, and then any of the podcast apps where you guys are listening and, or the webpage. And we're continually to update and getting stuff going, getting pictures up, and we're working on it. We're both working full-time and getting all this going as well. So um, please, we love your feedback, having a good time doing this, and hope you guys are learning a little bit. We're having a good time doing it, and we're going to go cook some more. So anyway, <laughs> well, until next time. Doodles.